Hey everybody, little Scotty here. Just want to talk to you today. Little uh, intro to my show. Uh, my show's name is "What Do I Have to Do? Drive a Nail Through Your Head." Something my father was kind enough to say to me when he was giving me driving lessons. So to give you a quick rundown of that story, I was driving a Volkswagen Bug with him in it, two big guys in a little Volkswagen Bug, and uh, I ran about two or three yellow lights. Following that endeavor, which I had seen my father do many, many times, he always had a lead foot, he said, what do I have to do, drive a nail through your head? And I found that to be one of the funniest things he had ever said in my near adult life, because I was 15 then, and still to this day find it extremely funny. So this is a podcast related to some of the funny things that parents say, um, or our parents used to say. Um, I'm 58, you might be from a younger generation and Parents still would say the weirdest things, especially when they got it from their parents. And, you know, um, one of my other favorites was my dad would say, if your mom says black is white, then black is white. Never understood that one either, but he pushed it pretty hard. So I think that in the long run, we try real hard to not emulate our parents because if we had a bad childhood, um, we don't want to repeat that and do that to our children. So I think that if you can avoid some of the bad things, take the good things. My parents weren't all bad. They did some really good things and, uh, take the good things with you and use that to raise your children and leave the bad ones behind. Then you'll have success. Use your own skills, things that you've learned, and things that you think are going to be helpful in the long run. And uh, use those to, you know, make the kids uh, happy with you. Now, do they always have to be happy with you? No, they don't. But, you know, discipline is part of the problem that, or one of the, not problems, but one of the things that you have to do. And it's never fun and... uh I just want to say, and I've said it in previous shows, um, if you hit your kid, I'd like you to give me your address so I can come over and hit you. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people hit their kids. There's no reason for it. Um, If you raise your kids right from the beginning, they will know, you know, just by a look. You can give them a look, and they know they did wrong, and... uh, You know, there are lots of other punishments you can put across, and uh, it works. Um, You know, um, the main thing is, is not to go overboard. You know, just because a kid does something that you think is wrong doesn't mean they deserve to be punished, you know, forcefully with a spanking or a slap across the face or something like that. You know, kids are kids. They do silly things. They do things that are dangerous sometimes. They do things that just every kid does. And we all did. And we all got in trouble for, you know. But, you know, this is a different generation. This is a different time in the world. And a lot of people are taking the spankings out of the 
repertoire of raising children and be happy for. You know, it's just one time goes on and, you know, people change and the older generation, pardon this pun, but or this, not pun, but this thing, they die off and then their ways of doing things disappear. So, um, going overboard would be screaming at a kid in the uh, aisles of Jewel or whatever store you have. If you're listening from the South, it's the Piggly Wiggly, which I find hilarious, but um, it's one of those things. I mean, if you're grabbing a kid by the arm and yanking him up from the floor, um, I worked in medicine for 35 years. If you knew how easy it was to separate a shoulder of a child, you would never do that. Because there's nothing worse than having to go to the ER and explain what happened to the child and then having the police show up and have you be questioned because you are abusing a child. So think of that the next time you go to grab a child and pull them up like a rag doll. Not worth it. Um, I think the reasons you shouldn't go overboard are basic. You know, you don't want to have the kid hate you, you know, from the day that they understand what parenting is. And, you know, a lot of people I hear say, you know, I don't want my kid to be my friend. I want my kid to be, you know, listening to me. And I want my kid to listen to everything I say. And, and when I discipline them, I want to change their, you know, their way of doing things. And, well, the truth is, is I raised four kids. I would have considered them all to be friends. But, uh, you know, I don't. I don't go either way with that because I could give a, one of my kids a look and it would send a shiver down their spine and they knew they did something wrong. So remember that with time, um, a kid should learn that you are, you know, you mean business this time and they'll do what you need them to do, but you don't have to hit them. So, and, uh, you have to have the husband and wife on board with this, um, one of the worst things that I've only had to deal with once or twice in my 35-year marriage is uh, having n- not having the support of your wife when you're going to punish a child for something. Um, I think my boys were probably 10 and 12, and I asked them to pick up some stuff in the yard, and uh, she said, you know, no, they're playing football, let them play. They don't have to pick up that stuff. Well, the yard was a mess, and they were going to trip over these things. So I I looked at her, and I said, don't contradict me. I Just let me tell them what to do, and, you know, hopefully you'll understand. And, you know, they went and they picked up all the mitts and the balls and everything else that they could have tripped over playing football. And, you know, they put them away, and then they played football. Not a big deal. But... If you contradict each other and then start screaming at each other because of it, well, I got news for you. Um, that ain't going to work either. So, because they're going to see you fighting each other about this, you know, particular incident, and they're going to just kind of sneak away and get away with it. <laughs> so, um, try to remain, you know, together on this. And if you have to discuss it, then discuss it together, you know. Um, I had times where my wife and I had to sit down and try to figure out what kind of punishment we were going to give a child. You know, um, 
my boys were big Nintendo players, and, uh, you know, that was their thing to do when it was raining out or, you know, anything like that. They played Nintendo. Um, well, if they got out of line and did something wrong, we would take away the controllers um, and hide them someplace really well. And we knew that they couldn't find them. And, you know, after a week, we'd give them the controllers back and ask them if they learned their lesson. And they would always say yes. And if they did it again, it would double. You know, it would go from a week to two weeks. And, you know, eventually they'd get the hint. I never had to do that. You know, one week was usually enough. They were missing their game really bad. So um, I think that, you know, with time, you have to remember that the punishment has to fit the crime, and if you're going way overboard, you know, come on. You know, I I wasn't too sure I believed in the whole timeout thing um, for smaller children until I saw it work really well. Um, you know, a timeout for a child who's playing with his friends um, is a big deal. So if that kid has to sit on the stairs for five minutes or ten minutes, that's huge. And uh, they'll go back and they'll play, you know, and share and do things that they're supposed to do. So I think that's a pretty good punishment. At first I didn't think it would work, but now after seeing it in action, it does work. I have a daughter who's a first grade teacher and she has a specific chair these kids sit in if they need a time out. And, you know, they have to go and face the back wall of the you know, the school and, uh, or the back wall of the classroom. And, you know, with that, you just, uh, you can't, uh, you really can't, uh, fault her for doing that. She needs to teach a class. If a child's misbehaving, they need to be taught that you can't do that. So it's a good punishment, I think, and it's something that works. As you can tell, this show is on discipline, but, um, like I said, uh, for a girl, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, uh, taking away a favorite doll, if they're into that, um, sometimes they're older than that, and that's not a deal, you know, but riding their bike, um, taking away, you know, that if they are a big, you know, bike riding to their friends or whatever, um, and then don't give them a ride to their friend's house because, you know, you want to make sure that they understand the punishment. And then uh, as they get older, you know, get to be 15, 16, and you let them borrow the car, they do something, catch them, take the car away. Oh, that is one of my favorite punishments. Talk about getting your point across. If they have a car and they're driving to school, make them drive or make them ride the bus, or they'll be mortified that they have to drive the bus and or ride the bus. So... Taking away the car is a real good deal. Now, you can do the simple way, which is taking away the keys and hiding the keys somewhere, which is a good idea. One time I did that and I forgot where I hid the keys, so um, I decided there was a better way. So I would go out and I would take off the main wire for the distributor cap um, underneath the car. This is back when most cars had distributor caps. And... Uh, put the wire somewhere easy to find and know that the kid couldn't start the car anyways if they wanted to. So 
um, it was a good punishment doing it that way. If you can remember where you put the keys and you know the kid won't find them, then you'll be okay. Go with the keys. It's a lot easier to remember or to uh, do that than to go take a wire off and screw it up. So, um, you know, my kids had a curfew of um, when they got to be, you know, 18. Um, when they were 16, their curfew was midnight. When they got to be 18, I would let them stay out till 2 in the morning. Some people say that that's a little much. Um, I could trust them. They were good kids, so I knew they weren't perfect. I mean, I knew they were going to do things that probably I wouldn't approve of, but I also knew that um, I was sure as hell wasn't perfect, and you know there were things that I did at uh, 18 that I'm not so proud of now. And, uh, you know, I was told to be home by 2 o'clock in the morning, and my parents meant it. And if I showed up at 2.30 and didn't call them ahead and tell them I was running late, then, you know, they would punish me. You know, they wouldn't. I bought my own cars, so they wouldn't take those away. But they would just say, you know, your your you know your curfew is now midnight for the next week, and that would mean something. You know, it take away some of my fun. You know, knowing I had to be home by midnight, otherwise they were going to punish me more. So, um, and uh, I'm going to tell you a funny story here. Um, well, first I want to say one thing that that I think that is more important than people really, I don't know, really think. And that's giving a kid a second chance. You know, every kid will make a mistake, and every kid does something, you know, that they shouldn't have done. Um, Now, drinking and driving, that's one thing that you can't excuse. You have to ring the hammer down and, you know, really make sure that, this never happens again. Um, you know, I'm talking about punishment of a couple months without the car, and, you know, if they got busted by the cops, it's going to cost you a fortune, so, you know, take the money out of their savings or whatever you got to do to pay for it, and, you know, or do what you got to do. I mean, it's, that's a big deal. Um, I also think that, you know, there are certain things that they deserve a second chance on. I mean, if their curfew is 2 a.m. and they were at a party and they were having a lot of fun and all of a sudden they looked up and it was 3 a.m., you know, if they rushed home and gave you the scoop on why they were late, you know, you don't always have to punish them. You can just say, listen, next time call me so I'm not worried, you know, and as long as they don't make a habit out of it, you know, you tell them your curfew is still 2 a.m., but if that ever happens again, I want a phone call, you know, so let them know about it. Um, I'm going to tell you a story that happened when my, I was 18, maybe 19. I don't know. Still had the, I was still living with my parents because I was trying to decide whether to go to school or work. And, um, I had a friend named Barb who one, uh, one night decided not to be a friend anymore. If you know what I mean? Um, we became more than friends friends with benefits, I guess you would call it, and uh, I really liked her. She was pretty special, but she was also on the rebound from a really bad relationship with my best friend. So, um, 
needless to say, I was kind of the shoulder to cry on, which is never what you want to be. And uh, I learned that the hard way. Um, but one night we were out. I think I took her to dinner and, you know, the usual movie or something like that. And we came back to my house to watch, I think, Saturday Night Live or something like that. And then we were watching another movie and all of a sudden we fell asleep. And um, I woke up at 5 a.m., and she was still asleep next to me, and uh, I just, full panic, you know, Jesus, what the hell am I going to do now, and uh, I woke her up real quick, and I, you know, put her in the car, and said, let's go, let's go, and it's a good thing she only lived about 15 minutes away, and, you know, I get there, and I, of course, we got stuck in the driveway for a little while, a little while, saying goodbye, and, uh, and she went in the house, and and I said, if, you're, if your dad's awake and you get in trouble, flash the, your bedroom lights a couple times. And uh, if he's not awake and you got in, just flash it once. So she flashed it once and I felt better, but I knew I wasn't going to be so lucky. So I get home, the sun's coming up, and my mom and my dad, which had never happened before, my mom was the one who waited up for us um, and dealt out the punishment, um... But having my dad behind her, knowing, you know, the ex-Marine was going to come down really hard on me, was not good. So my mom started to yell. And my mom could yell. But, you know, it's five in the mornings and there are other kids in the house. I'm the oldest, so she, you know, just got in my face, really. And my dad tapped her on the shoulder and he said, I'll handle this, go upstairs. And she stormed up the stairs and closed the door, and he looked at me and he said, Did you have a good time tonight? In the sternest voice in the world. But what he said was such a surprise, I couldn't believe it. And I said, Yeah, Dad, I had a great time tonight. He said, Are you sure? I said, Oh, I'm sure. I had a great time tonight. He said, Okay, next time you have a great time, call us, will you? Or... Make sure you don't fall asleep on the couch and, you know, not wake up until 5 a.m. And uh, he said, don't tell your mother I've been in this situation too, so I'm going to let you go this time. Just remember, don't do it again. And I could not believe it. I was in shock. I couldn't go back to sleep. I, it was ridiculous. I was floored by his treating me like an adult, it was just something else, you know, I'd been treated like a kid for so long, for him to say that was just something else, so, um, you know, if a kid needs to be out past 2 a.m., a phone call makes a world of difference, you know, we all have cell phones now, and 95% of us keep them by the bed when we're sleeping, you know, a phone call, if you leave the ringer on, a phone call it, you know, quarter to two that says I'm going to be home at, you know, 2.15 or 2.30, I promise, and, you know, I'm running late. Well, you can tell them, okay, that's fine, just make sure you get home. And you may have to wait up for half an hour. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but you do. And uh, unless you have a one of those, you know, like really light sleepers in the house, uh, your wife or you, 
Um, for me, it's my wife. She can hear anybody coming. Um, that's why I'm a good boy and I never get in trouble. So um, just remember that it's something that if they, if they check in with you and they give you an idea of what's going on, there's no reason for a punishment. It's just them being kids. You know, and, you know, if you want to be the hard ass and go downstairs and check them for alcohol and check them for pot and whatever else you can think of, you know, feel free. But a kid will do stuff that you don't want them to do. You know, they'll drink, they'll probably smoke a little pot or at least try it. Um, You know, I know my kids, you know, probably drank more than I like to think of, but especially my boys, but um, my girls were a little bit on the, they didn't like alcohol, the taste of it, so I got lucky there, but um, remember that you can't um, jump on them all the time, you really can't, you got to let them learn what's going on, Um, obviously if they crash the car coming home and they're high, you, you have to deal with that. You have to punish them for something, and, you know, if the cops catch them and know that they're high, you're going to punish them twice as hard because the cops are going to fine them, and you're going to probably have to pay the fine. So, anyhow, um, well, I'm going to try to cut, uh, uh, boy, nice stumble there, Scott. I should cut that out, but I probably won't. Um, I just wanted to let that one go, and, you know, discipline is something that, it's hard. It's just hard for people to do. And uh, when it's your own kid, it's even worse. Um, you can't just, you know, come down hard on them every time. You have to give them the benefit of the doubt every once in a while and just let them know that you care for them and you just want to make sure they're safe. So a phone call is all you need to make sure they're safe and you know, you don't have to worry about them if they come home at 2.15 or 2.30, you know, if they're 19 or 18 or whatever it might be. Um, and remember, if they get way out of hand <clears throat> at 18, you can kick them out if you want. Um, there's no reason why you can't. Let them go live with a friend, you know, and uh, see what that friend's father's like. And uh, maybe they'll change their ways. You know, um, or, you know, tell them, you got a job, get an apartment. We're tired of dealing with you. And, you know, that's about as hard of a punishment as you can do. I watched my father-in-law do it to his youngest son, and boy, it shaped him up pretty quick. So, you know, when you have to pay your own rent and your utilities and stuff, uh, you end up working a lot. So it's not a bad idea if you get a kid that's really out of control. So... Remember that, too. That's always an option. You can always do that and make sure that the kid is not out of control all the time. And, you know, it will make a difference. So, all right, well, I'm going to try to keep these under 30 minutes because I know that people usually have a half an hour ride to school or to work or to the retirement home. That's where I'm heading, folks. I'm 58 years old, probably heading heading the retirement home before I know it. So um, I just want to say bye and have a great day. All right, see you later.